Welcome to season two of One in Five, which takes its name from the one in five college students in the U.S. who are also parents. I'm David Kroon from Ascend at the Aspen Institute. This season, remarkable student parents, past and present, share their educational and professional achievements and the pitfalls they've encountered along the way. Each episode reveals a different stage in the journey toward earning a degree or credential and a roadmap for overcoming obstacles to access, support, and opportunity. In this episode, we spotlight how the supports student parents receive while they finish school can extend to when they enter the workforce. We follow one woman's eight-year path from teen mom to nursing student in the border town of El Paso, Texas. Once I had my daughter, I started to think like, hey, I need to take things more serious. I need to focus on myself. I need to do something about it because nobody's going to do it for me. The odds were stacked against Lourdes Grijalva in a number of ways. Limited support for her daughter, not enough financial aid to afford childcare in school, a language barrier, and a learning disability. But she overcame steep odds with the help of caring parents and her community, including an organization that specializes in developing the majority Latino workforce in West Texas. Our vested interest is to see them be successful in school, but that our goal is to get them into a great job in this region. Roman Ortiz is the president and CEO of Project Ariba, an El Paso nonprofit that every year supports hundreds of college students, most of whom are parents. Organizations like Project Ariba understand that student parents are key to a healthy economy and that the right boost at the right time can lift them and their families out of poverty. Reporter Andrea Henderson has our story. Lourdes Grajava's weekday schedule is jam-packed. She starts by getting her six-year-old daughter ready for school. I wake up at 6 in the morning, I get ready, and then I get her ready like around 6.30. After dropping Haley off, Lourdes heads to nursing school at the University of Texas at El Paso. After class, she picks her daughter up and rushes home to make dinner. Once Haley is asleep, Lourdes studies until about 2 a.m., and some nights even later if she has an upcoming exam. Then she gets a few hours of sleep and wakes up to do it all over again. It's hard. It's really stressful. Lourdes is 24, shy and soft-spoken. She's raising Haley on her own, and she's doing what she needs, too, because she is committed to becoming a nurse. But the birth itself was a turning point, not just in Lourdes's life, but in her career aspirations. During the birth, her daughter Haley breathed in fluid and other material, causing her heart rate to slow and her blood oxygen to plummet. Haley had to stay in the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit. During that time, Lourdes was inspired by the nurses who took care of her. Because I saw the NICU where my daughter was um, there for about like a week or two. Uh, so the nurses were really kind. They helped me emotionally wise as well. They were just great. So I actually liked the, how the nurses treated me and um, Haley as well. So that's when like nursing got into my mind. Lourdes knew her parents would help her with Haley, but she felt it was her responsibility and she had to get a job. Because pampers are so expensive, milk is so expensive, I have to, like, get my face together. So that's when I decided to become a nursing assistant. 
For Lourdes, nursing could be more than a job. She wanted to provide the same nurturing experience she and Haley had to other families who trust nurses to restore their loved ones back to good health. Lourdes is among the 3.8 million students in the nation who are raising children while also attending college. She is a child of immigrants and learned English as a second language. Her parents came to the U.S. from Zacatecas, Mexico, decades ago. They met in Mexico and decided to move to the U.S. to make a better living. They settled in El Paso, Texas, where about 81% of residents are Hispanic. Lourdes says she knew they didn't have much. I don't even know how my parents did it. Like, with our uniforms, our hair was always, like, nicely um, combed and... They did so much with, like, just as little money they had. Lourdes' parents were adamant that their kids stay in school and be on time every day. As a result, Lourdes had a perfect attendance record, but her parents couldn't help her or her siblings much beyond that. Early on, children of immigrant parents have to translate for their own parents. Roman Ortiz is the president and CEO of Project Ariba, the job training and financial assistance nonprofit in El Paso that supports student parents, including Lourdes. He's also a child of immigrants. Then you start to realize that when you come home with homework, they're not going to be able to necessarily help you with that homework. And then you've got very proud parents who work very, very hard and do the jobs that no one wants to do. Nobody wants to clean houses and to dig ditches and to farm and to Uh, do the hard stuff. That's not what people want to do, but we know that immigrants do this and do this to the benefit of the communities that they live in. Even with limited funds, Lourdes' parents found ways to make her childhood memorable. They threw her a lively quinceañera, the 15th birthday party that's a pivotal cultural moment for Latina girls and their families. It's like a wedding mixed with a coming-of-age party. And traditionally, families go all out to celebrate their daughter's introduction to society. The young lady often wears a big, whimsical ball gown adorned in crystals and intricate beading. The guests enjoy food and dancing. It was something that my parents didn't really have the money for it. But, I mean, my mom, she made it happen. She did my consignment for me and my sister together, the oldest one, and... It was fun. My friends were able to go. My family were able to go. And that's pretty much what the best part of my my life was, my quinceañera, my ballroom. Everything was pretty nice. I enjoyed it. But within a year, Lourdes' life would take an unexpected turn when she learned she was pregnant. She was terrified to tell her parents because she thought they would be angry. They had sacrificed so much so that she could have a chance to finish school without any disruptions. My mom was a little bit surprised, like she didn't expect it, but their reaction wasn't like as bad as I thought. My dad told me, well, as long as you're in school, we could help you. For teenage mothers, staying in school is difficult. Only 53% finish high school by the time they're in their 20s. Lourdes was also up against another challenge in school. Learning and understanding didn't come easy to her. Since grade school, she'd had trouble reading in English, and she was also dyslexic. She was in a special reading program in elementary and middle school that helped her with her learning disorder. 
and she took English language learner classes, or ELL, throughout school. It did make me feel like a little bit if I was dumb. But then the teachers, they were like really great motivators. They would have me read, they would teach me. There are 5.1 million English language learners in public elementary or middle schools across the nation, about 10% of all enrolled students. For nearly 75% of those students, their primary language is Spanish. In Texas, over 90% of ELL's primary language is Spanish. Some recent studies argue that students often struggle in ELL classes because the classroom instruction does not reach the highest standards. Part of the argument is that often these classrooms do not have all the necessary books and teaching materials to address the students' growing reading comprehension needs. Lourdes was lucky to have extra support in school, and she completed the reading program for dyslexic students right before entering high school. Although her family continued to show her love throughout her pregnancy, Lourdes wasn't sure if her friends and teachers would be as supportive. She played soccer and basketball, but once she found out she was pregnant, she felt she had to quit. Not being able to play, um, kind of, I did... Um become a little bit depressed. Um, The coaches were like, "Um, well, we need you. Uh, I'm like, sorry, but I'm not going to be able. I just didn't want to tell them the reason why I was not going to play. At first, she kept the pregnancy secret from everyone at school. Once I was with my belly, I kind of figured like, hey, well, everybody's going to know I'm pregnant. So while the days were going, I told one of my friends that I was always with and she's like, Oh my gosh, she spread it all over. But her friend wasn't trying to shame her. She made me feel like if I was like so pretty about being pregnant, she would tell others. That acceptance, the support from her family, and her own drive to build a good life for herself and her unborn child would go a long way to protect Lourdes from the more dire realities faced by teen mothers and their children. Children of teen moms in the U.S. are more likely to enter the foster care system, go to prison, become teen parents themselves, or end up in poverty. Like many teen moms, Lourdes worried that she wouldn't be able to afford to take care of her baby. In many states, child care can exceed the cost of a college education. According to a 2018 study published in the Journal of Higher Education, if low-income families or teen parents don't have family members to watch their children, education can take a backseat to parenting and paid work. After her daughter was born, Lourdes felt that same pressure. She started missing school, and one of her teachers reached out to her. So she called me and she told me, hey, like, you miss school, like, what's happening, um, what's wrong? And I told her, like, oh, well, I need to figure it out, like, what am I going to do? Because I need to see how I could take care of my daughter because I didn't have the money, I didn't have nothing. And she told me about a program the, for the, like, the daycare to help me with the services. Not only did the program provide daycare, it made it possible for pregnant students to take their regular high school classes while learning about baby nutrition, delivery expectations, and how to apply for health and financial assistance once the baby arrived. The teacher even gave Lourdes a space to take naps if she was exhausted and extra food if she wanted it. And like if I was hungry, she was like, hey, we'll just come and then I have some snacks here or Maybe need someone to talk with, I'm here as well. So I 
I went in a couple of times to speak with her. Like there was times that my emotions were like up, down, up, down. And it was a great resource. Thanks to the program at Lourdes' school, she graduated a year early, three months after having her daughter. After graduation, she enrolled at both El Paso Community College and a local nursing school to become a certified nursing assistant. Then she worked as a nursing assistant at a nursing and rehabilitation center. For almost four years, Lourdes fed patients, tidied them up, monitored vitals, and reported any changes to a supervisor. I enjoyed it because being able to hear from the patients telling me like, hey, like, you're great. Uh, a thank you, like just hearing a thank you for them. By the end of the day, it filled my heart. There was this lady that she walked up to me and she's like, look, come here. So I go in her room and she presented me to all her family. She's like, look, this is my nurse. She's a great one. Um, she's really nice to me. It was something that I didn't expect from her to say. In contrast to how highly regarded she felt by some of the patients, her take-home salary left her living paycheck to paycheck. And she was so committed to her job that her social life began to suffer. Oh, I didn't have time to, like, go play with my friends. Um, instead, I was over here working, taking care of my daughter. Even though it was challenging, I kept pushing myself. There was times that I would cry, I would, like go away and like just cry for a little bit. But by the end, I was like, well, like I need to just keep myself pushing. About a year into working at the nursing home, her coworker mentioned that Lourdes should continue her education and get a nursing degree. My coworkers told me like, hey, like you're a great person. You should become a nurse. Like I see you as a nurse, continue. The way we see you helping the patients, you even go way and above. Um, and we see all that, even though you don't see that we're looking at you. She did not hesitate. She started the nursing program at the University of Texas at El Paso in the fall of 2021. Less than 6% of registered nurses identify as Hispanic. But over the past five years, Hispanic enrollment in nursing bachelor degree programs has jumped nearly 50%. Roman Ortiz of Project Ariba says those brand new nurses will be in demand when they hit the job market. Now employers are saying, we need people that look and sound just like you, Lourdes, because the people who are coming into our hospital are afraid and don't want to talk to someone that can't speak Spanish. And you're going to be the one that's going to be able to help them through the greatest time of need. We want people who look like the people that our hospitals serve. Bilingual nurses can even help limit health disparities by bridging the gaps in communication between medical staff and patients. During the last 15 years, the military base here has expanded their hospital and has invested a, a billion and a half dollars on creating a, a hospital for their Army veterans. The Medical Center of the Americas was established to help bring in big pharma groups to do research and development on this Hispanic community. This region was the first region to have a medical school opened up in almost 50 years. In other words, Lourdes' chosen profession is in high demand. In nursing school, Lourdes enrolled in rigorous courses, including biology, introductory nursing, pharmacology, mental health, and research classes. She says she continues to struggle a bit with her studies, but she's putting in the extra work. 
focus on my vocabulary, learn those words. I have to like look up videos on YouTube and make sure to know what um, what is it that I'm learning. I needed to have some pictures. I needed to have everything so that I could know what the subject was about for my readings. Lourdes is very compassionate and um, she genuinely cares for other people. Okay, that is a very, very highly recommended trait for someone that wants to go into nursing. Mimi Duran is a case manager at Project Ariba. She works with students like Lourdes who are going into the healthcare field and need support with financial aid, food stamps, books, childcare assistance, or Medicaid. She needed assistance with tuition balance. She did have financial aid, but it did not cover the entire tuition bill because uh, tuition in the nursing program is very, very expensive, not to mention added expenses that they have. Lourdes connected with Mimi through Workforce Solutions Fortiplex, a workforce development board that links people with resources that can help them graduate from college or personalize their career path. Workforce development boards are largely funded by taxpayers as part of a government effort to help develop and train skilled workers across the country. They also help people get jobs. Workforce Solutions Borderplex specifically addresses the unique challenges and talent in the West Texas border region. Workforce partners with Project Ariba to help clients get the resources they need and put together training workshops. Project Ariba will serve almost 500 students this year, the vast majority of whom are parents. More than half are single parents. Here's Roman. Many of our families have dependent children, but they don't have a very good income. And so they have to make a decision, do I stay and work and take care of my children or Would I like to go to school, but I can't afford daycare? Roman says many of Project Ariba's clients receive Pell Grants from the government to attend college, but that assistance often isn't enough, sometimes covering only half of what they need. My wife and I have had two kids, and we've gone to the El Paso hospitals. And every single nurse that helped us in our delivery of two kids were all Project Ariba graduates. And they go, yeah, without Project Ariba, I wouldn't be a nurse today. For over 25 years, Project Ariba's work supporting students has added an estimated $893 million to El Paso's economy. Roman says that investment has a ripple effect. It happens a lot here in this region where one electric bill will stop somebody from finishing college. One water bill will stop somebody from finishing college and That's a shame because we're missing out on the Lourdeses of the world that are going to be there to help save my life. Before finishing school, students who work with Project Ariba make an average of $8,000 a year. After they graduate, that jumps to almost $60,000. And the organization continues to work with colleges in the area to help students get jobs in the healthcare sector once they graduate. By giving them the appropriate training, um, they'll be able to graduate and have a job that's going to pay them a living wage, which is more than $14 an hour. Our nurses right now are making over $28 an hour. Mimi has been working with Lourdes for about a year. 
During her weekly sessions, Mimi goes over job training efforts that include interviewing skills, resume writing, dressing for success, time management, and budgeting. Basically anything to give her more confidence and help develop her career. She really has set herself goals. She's not letting anything get in the way. She knows where she's going because she knows where she's been. But this confident Lourdes was not the person Mimi met in December 2021. I remember her doing her very first mock interview. She really didn't know, and and she would start laughing, you know, and it was okay. I mean, it was a mock interview. But then as she progressed in her education, I saw Lourdes flourishing. Mimi manages 45 healthcare students, and 15 of them are single mothers. It's hard. To be a single parent and and going through nursing school, it is tough. You know, my hat's off to to all these uh, single parents that are doing it because I I think they're going to have a level of um, empathy and a higher level of compassion for for their patients because they've been through a lot more than than those students that, that don't have any kids. Lourdes often confides in Mimi about her personal struggles as a student parent, and Mimi encourages her to take time with her daughter so her family life won't suffer. Lourdes works hard so her family can be proud of her. I found my mom as a great example as a mother, so even though they didn't have the money, they were always there pushing us, and for me not to finish school was something that I'm like, all of that is just going to go to a trash, like I can't. When you have to pay for something, and I'm not saying just monetarily, but when you got to pay for it with blood and sweat and tears, and you got to let go of that baby because you got to go to school and you're there at school and their baby's with your mom and your mom has been complaining that I'm taking care of too much of the kid. And and you got all this investment that when you finish, oh, don't you believe you're going to be grateful? You're going to be thankful. And you're going to be one that is going to help lead another generation of people who say, well, I can't do that because I have a kid and, and, and my family status is one in which they can't help me financially. Well, let me tell you how I did it. Because even the most successful person at the end of the day needs to look and say, I did not do it alone. This year, Lourdes will graduate the culmination of a long road in overcoming so many challenges. I just can't believe it. I still can't believe it. Once I'm there in the ceremony, I'll probably, like, believe it a little bit more. But I just know that once I'm there, like, the sacrifice and everything, like, all the late nights, it's all worth it. I feel excited to start my, like, journey. And I can't wait for that moment. She can now easily imagine one day becoming a doctor. She's happy that she's been able to include her daughter Haley every step of the way. She hopes Haley sees her commitment to education as a roadmap to success. I want to give her the example for her to finish her career and know that um, life is not easy. Like it's something that you need to earn. You could pick your pathway. Either you go like the easy way or you call the hard way, like with challenges, but you're going to be fine. Lourdes' story is not unique, but she is certainly one of a kind. 
Throughout her life, she has demonstrated selflessness despite the challenges she's faced as a young mother. She brings commitment and determination to the work she loves, and she's taken every opportunity and all the support that's been offered to her and paid it forward. Lourdes Grijalva is a nursing student at the University of Texas at El Paso. Thank you for listening. One in Five is produced by LWC Studios and presented by Ascend at the Aspen Institute, which is a catalyst and convener for systems, policy, and social impact leaders working to create a society where every family passes a legacy of prosperity and well-being from one generation to the next. To learn more about student parents and resources for them, please visit ascend.aspeninstitute.org and follow at Aspen Ascend on Twitter. Andrea Henderson produced and reported the episode. Mark Betancourt is the editor. Paulina Velasco is our managing producer. Our theme song is Ascenders by Kojin Toshiro, who also mixed this episode. Catherine Nuhan fact-checked it. I'm David Kroon. Subscribe to One in Five on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.